This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation, welcome back for a lovely new episode of Bells with Books. Um, and I'm just going to get right into it today. I am your host, Miranda. Of course, I don't do this alone. I've said it a million times. I don't think you guys want to hear me talk to myself. Although, I make my co-host listen to me talk to myself quite often. Marco. <laughs> Hello, Bianca. I'm not Hello. <laughs> I feel like our introductions just get more and more unhinged <laughs> with each episode. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> but listen, I, I have, I've been podcasting on this network now for, I think, going on eight years, right, in various capacities. If the people of Place to Be Nation don't know what they're getting when they click on a Miranda show, then I don't want to tell them. <laughs> like I just really don't. So, and if you're new here, welcome. Hope you stay. <laughs> Well, you know where we won't be staying, Miranda? What? Over on TikTok, there was an author who went super viral. I'm not going to say the handle. No, that would just like feed it. Yeah, I don't want to feed it, but I want to talk about it. (laughs) This author went super, super viral. Yeah. Got absolutely ate up by the people for saying that. Yes, 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 yes. For saying that books, all books, if you're going to rate them, they cannot be rated less than three stars. And I would just like to remind the authors out there, like the ones that I follow religiously agree with this statement. So I'm not offending anybody. But reviews are for the readers, not for the authors. They They are there for us to give our opinions on what we read. If we don't like what you read... Oh, well, right. Deal with it. Take the constructive criticism and do better next time. Or it's like, what is it? We heard from Colleen Hoover once when we went to uh, you and I went to an event together with our friend Hope. Hey, Hope. Um, And Colleen actually said something while we were there about how she doesn't read reviews anymore. For that purpose, good or bad. And I feel like once you get like past a certain level of, for lack of a better word, fame, I don't think reviews necessarily do anything for you. Mm hmm. Like, I feel like once you've had a few on the bestsellers list for years and years and years, right. your name's out there. People Like, you have a steady audience now. Right. The reviews Which, are more for the people just getting started. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. And they're also, not only are they just for the people getting started, they are for the people like you and I that want to know. Sometimes we will read spoiler-free reviews because... Like maybe there's a person we follow that their tastes tend to align with ours. Or for example, like we talk regularly and like, have you read this? Oh my God, read this, do this, do this. And and other things besides reading, but like we appreciate each other's taste. So if I see you reviewed something on Goodreads, I'm going to be more inclined to um, value what you've written. So honestly, reviews are for your peers they're for people trying to make their way in writing. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie. People's reviews are what keep me from being a writer. <laughs> like, 
um, I'm a Pisces and I'm an overthinker with anxiety. Therefore, I would read every review. Absolutely. And I would take them <laughs> all to heart. Not going to lie. But I think that's why you have to find like a, a ground. And most authors are readers. We've talked about this numerous times in the two-ish years we've done this show now. And I feel like if that author that said this is going out there and also um, reviewing books that she reads and giving them three stars when they should have just been one, she's also doing the world a disservice. Yeah. Like, I understand. Can you imagine, Miranda, if you were forced to give that horrible AI written book you read three stars? Doesn't that just give you like the straight up ick? It gave me the complete ick. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw a quote from somebody, like an actual person that I know that I'm friends with the other day. And she was talking about, and I love what she said, um, but Janan, you know Janan, um, she ha- said something about how um, there's no bad book. It's just not the book for you. And I actually was like, oh, let me correct you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, while I usually 100% agree with you, I had a very bad experience with what I'm pretty sure was an AI written book. That because <laughs> I'm a gun for punishment, I absolutely finished in its entirety. And it absolutely was a um, bad book. Horrible disaster. <laughs> Complete disaster, um, for sure. Um so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I would feel, well, that would, like, give me the ick and gut me if everybody was like, no, you must give a three-star review. I also think telling people what they have to review your books is really going to make people not even want to read your book. Wouldn't you agree? Well, like, her reasoning for it was that authors put in so much work for this, they don't deserve to have all of this time just put down the drain with one and two star reviews. And I'm like, well, if they put in the time, they're eventually going to find their audience that will give them the appropriate amount of stars. Like her reasoning was totally flawed. Yeah. I mean, listen, I could listen to and plausibly maybe um, have some grace or give them some grace. If they gave like defined, like here is, here are my, let's just say five reasons why I feel every book deserves three stars. And then if they went into like actual explanation other than it's such hard work. There are a lot of things in this world that are such hard work. Doesn't and that still turns like, out really crappy. <laughs> three stars to this. Okay. You know, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm using the wrong, like what I want to say exactly, but that just, Nah, that sent literally all of book talk into a tailspin. It did. So it makes me have a really quick question for you, though, because uh-huh. it was book talk related. How do you feel on on this kind of the same vein? How do you feel when there's like a book talker? Because we said they're also reviews are also for like peers. Like when you um, uh, when you have someone you follow or they are your actual friend in real life and you really like respect their opinion on something, how do you feel when you come across a review from someone that you feel that way about? And 
it's a book that you've already read. Okay, so let's say it's a four star, five star read for you. And then you read their review and they trash it like two star, <laughs> one star. Like, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel personally so, attacked? Cause so this actually happened not too long ago. I texted you about it and I won't mention the name, but I had read a really good book that I rated five stars. And then I was scrolling Goodreads and I saw someone rate it one star and I was like excuse me what is this <clears throat> and I texted you and I was like have you seen this <laughs> does it but does it, it, it's an attack on your soul <laughs> <laughs> so in a tiny there's a tiny like three percent chance three <laughs> percent <laughs> I maybe understand what she's saying, but listen, it's like 3% because I think she went about it the wrong way. Yes. I So I've had this happen to me twice now, twice in the span of like a month. Um, one of it is this creator that like I adore. She and I even have like personal conversations in DMs. She's super sweet. She's from like the area-ish that I grew up in and I love her. But she ripped apart the book that we're going to read for my birthday. <laughs> like, nobody's business. And I was Poor like. Miranda. I did. I, I genuinely, like, my chest hurt. I was like. <sighs> <laughs> and then, again, this morning, I while I was scrolling TikTok, there's a girl that I don't follow her as closely. Like, I actually hadn't seen some of her videos in a while. To the point where, like, I was, my FYP was, like, four of her videos back to back. And I was like, oh, they buried her for for some reason. And then I watched one of her videos and I was like, oh, that's why they're burying her from me right now. <laughs> she ripped apart, like, every book that has come out of the publisher that did Fourth Wing. Oh, I think I've seen that. Yes, I think you also yeah. follow her. Yeah, she was like, nope, didn't like it. Nope, didn't like it. Nope, didn't like it. And I was like. I liked them all. <laughs> well, because that publisher does a lot of, like, fantasy stuff. So They do. But she's If you don't house. like fantasy, maybe that publisher's not for you. But she, she likes fantasy, from what I normally remember her uh, reviewing. She said they were all rushed, and she could tell that, and they weren't developed well. She said Fourth Wing should have had at least 200 more pages on it because it needed more development. It's already big. I, well, I was like, <laughs> am I <laughs> like just an imbecile or something? I, I could listen. We'll have to go into a whole nother talk on another day because we're, we have a lot to discuss today, but I think I could go into a whole nother discussion that actually is talking about like, um, how people critique like, okay. So this book, for example, we both loved it, obviously. It is a hype book. We've had a whole discussion about hype books, yes or no, before. Go find that. I can't remember what episode. I'm sorry, sorry, guys. But we've had that discussion before. But people are critiquing some of these books that come out that are supposed to be fun. Like they are just like, I hate to use the word classics because we've also had a discussion about that before, too, how that's subjective. Well, side note, the hype books was from July of last year. So July 2023, if anyone wants so, to go listen to that episode. Wanna, yeah, go listen to that discussion. But I feel sometimes these 
some creators are treating some of these books like they rate it and they're like, oh, well, this was two and a half stars. It didn't have this. and I didn't have this. And the pros. And I'm like, it's a fantasy book about dragons. <laughs> and there's lots of schmecks in it. Like, what? This is not. Mm, it's not highbrow literature. No, it is not. And it's not high academic works either. So I don't I don't know what you're asking for right now. Don't know what you're I feel like there's certain expectations set on, especially bigger books, Mm -hmm. like people, people expect more, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, they don't want it just simple, like they think of a book as bigger, that it's going to be more complex, and that's not, that's not the case. There are books that are more complex, though, and are for that kind of mind. And I'm not saying that you and I don't have academic minds, but when I want something to be academic, I go to a certain area, right? Like I go to a certain set of things. When I just want to, like, leave this world because it sucks, (laughs) I go over here. And that's the fun stuff. So, like, (laughs) oh. Sorry. And I digress. Um, we might have to go more in depth on that next month when it's my birthday and I can just rant for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'll just turn off my microphone and let you have at it. <laughs> my, I'll introduce it. I'll be like, and now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's like my Saturday Night Live monologue. <laughs> well, Yay. for this month's Adaptation Minute, we've got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, one, Percy Jackson and the Olympians got renewed for season two on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we finished the first season last week. It was amazing. I loved it. I still need to watch. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I've been going back and forth because, you know, this is my year of either reread or completing series, right? Yes. So I've gone back and forth because I do want to watch this. So I'm trying to decide, do I read all the books again or do I just watch it? Because I've read them multiple times. So Um, there are changes, but I agree with most of the changes that the show made. Mm -hmm. They either updated some things because we talked about this earlier. Percy Jackson's rather old. Yes. We're not going to discuss how old it is. And, um, <laughs> Sorry. it makes me feel good that something is making you feel old for once. <laughs> um, but I agree with the changes made. The only thing that I cannot wrap my head around in the show is that the god Hermes, mm-hmm. he's supposed to have the most children, therefore, he's the most, um, active god yes if i remember like, from, he, he gets around a lot if i remember from mythology hermes had was the one that had fathered the most like demigod children yes um and so my line of thinking is that ooh, hermes is gonna be like this hot stud looking of a man yeah. tell me why tell me why they chose lynn manuel miranda as hermes Listen, I guess those women <laughs> saw him when he came down to earth to decide to play Hamilton on stage and they were like, Ooh, I want that. 
Like, don't get me wrong, he's a very talented guy, but I, he is not who I would have yeah. picked to play Hermes. Those ladies heard, uh, what's your name, son? And they were like, Alexander Hamilton. And that was it. And they were like, yeah. He walked on screen. I was like, excuse me? This this breaks the fourth wall right here. I cannot, I cannot deal with this. <laughs> I cannot. Um, I will say, I literally just like stared at the TV and I looked at Brad and I was like, what? Why? <laughs> I will say, the guy that is playing Aries, uh, uh-huh. crap, he's a wrestler. What's his name? Hang on. I can. I am <laughs> Gonna bug me. It's the bet I got. But he plays the god Aries. Perfect uh-huh. casting. Absolutely perfect. Let's see here. Yes, I'll accept the cookies. I'm tired of accepting cookies. Oh, Adam Copeland. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. He's done a lot of television. He is actually a really good actor, in my opinion. He he um, played he played Aries perfectly. mm -hmm. Like I could not ask for anything better. Boys and girls, if you don't know the wrestling, he is Edge in the WWE. Yes. Yeah, he was in a sci-fi show that I loved called Haven. Did you ever watch that? No, but I know about it. Oh, God, I love that. I, like, was devastated when it ended. But, yeah, he was in that for, like, the majority of the show, I believe. Nice. I really liked him. Um, Um, I actually just thought of – oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the other thing I wanted to mention was I rewatched Coraline last night and it still creeps me out. So <sighs> it's fantastic though. It, it's really good. It's really good. Coraline. It's, it's just creepy. <laughs> I, I essentially love anything like that. Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, Corpse Bride. They're all my jam. They're my jam. Um, I just remembered it came out. It's a movie. It came out February 2nd. I'm trying to talk my kid into going to see it with me because I've not been to a theater in a really long time. Um, it actually was a book first. Argyle. It's got. Bryce oh, Dallas I Howard, saw that. Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa. Yes. I want to see that so bad. It was so good. I loved it. Oh, you went to see it? Yes. I want to go see it. I have not read the book. Um, but the premise is hysterical and you know, I'll be there for anything Henry Cavill says he's doing. I laughed my butt off. It yeah. was so good. I want to do I want to, yeah, I want to see that one. So yeah, I was telling you before we started recording, I was like, there was an adaption that I wanted to, oh my God. And then couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. I remembered. <laughs> Congratulations. Listen, I ain't got dementia yet. We're going to pray that I never did it. Never. Well, since it is February, and February mm-hmm. is Black History Month, mm-hmm. Brandon and I wanted to highlight some Black content creators, whether they are on TikTok or YouTube or whatever platform they use. <clears throat> we just wanted to highlight some of our favorites that we follow. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one comes from TikTok. Her handle is Kiera Lewis 75 <clears throat> and she has been reading Harry Potter for the first time. And it's, great. Her it's amazing. Great. I love her takes. 
Mm -hmm. I love her like little reading update she gives. The one thing she went viral for was when she was reading uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. And she's like, not scabbers! <laughs> well, she's like, if you remember, she gets to like the last hundred pages oh, and there's a like, lot that's already God. happened. She's like, there's not a lot more that can happen. Like, so we're wrapping happen? things up. <laughs> and then the next cut is like, scabbers! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was I like, had, welcome to the fandom. <laughs> I had so many people send me that TikTok, and I laughed so hard every time. <laughs> I even have a friend who is a huge Harry Potter fan. She's never actually read the books. She's dyslexic, so reading the books, are, it's kind of hard for her. Um, so I'm not going to give her too much crap. But um, she sent it to me, and she's like, do I got to read these now? Even though I've seen the movies, I feel like I'm missing something. <laughs> And I was like, audiobook, baby, you need to do this. But yeah, it's it's hysterical. Oh, uh, she had another one. I think you just sent it to me. What book is she on now? I don't know. And then there was another one where she was on, like, the Sorcerer's. I, all of them are hysterical. And her updates are following along someone that are, is reading these books for the first time. Is It's pretty, it's funny, and it's endearing. It really is. And we've actually talked about her before. We love her. <laughs> <laughs> but another one that um, I personally follow, I don't know if Miranda has any like knowledge about this person, but she's over on YouTube. She's a YouTuber. Her handle is Taya's Turning Pages. Um, <clears throat> she started out as like a fantasy book reviewer, reader, whatever you want to call it. And, and her main genre. Yeah, but over the years, she has branched out, and now she does, like, book hauls, and she'll read, like, entire series and review them. Um, Basically, her whole thing is just books now, in general. So, go give her a follow. She's very entertaining. She's very knowledgeable. Um, Yeah, so, Taya's Turning Pages. That's T-A-Y-A-H. I... Just um, thought of somebody book related that I wanted to like mention again. I can't remember his handle. I feel really bad. But do you remember the guy that both of us started following because he was learning how to read? Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Um, he is a black book talker. Um, and I would consider him a book talker regardless of what anybody else thinks because he is actively reading books on book talk. He's you know, talking about books. So I think um, it's Oliver. I, I believe his name is Oliver. I'm trying to see if I can find him without like opening. Cause you know, the minute, you know, TikTok loves to like <laughs> blast you the minute you open it. So I'm like trying to find found his him. name. Oh, perfect. It's Oliver speaks one. Yes. So I think he deserves to be mentioned again Oliver's- because Sometimes he goes live and he will um, answer questions. He will read his, he'll read parts of his book and people will help him through words that he doesn't know. His wife is apparently a reader and has been really supportive as well. And I just find him extremely endearing and I love it because sometimes being vulnerable in this nasty world is a beautiful thing. I agree. 
Um, so we also have a couple of um, just black TikTokers. They're not necessarily book talkers, but they might do things that are bookish related in some vein. Um, one of them is my absolute favorite. She cracks me up. Um, Chanel Williams at Shan Willis Zero. Um, and what I'll do for each one of these people is I will repost some video of theirs to our um our TikTok because you can do that. You can and then I'll show them to all you guys so that you can go follow them easier. Um Chanel Williams is the one that does the Professor McGonagall uh, Professor McGonagall impressions. And yes. in my opinion, she is the best one on the internet. Oh, she's like, perfect. She's absolutely perfect. Another thing she does, not book related, is she has uh, she tells stories. It's like little her, you know, where you do the. Um, my brain just words went. are hard. Yeah, the word just literally I watched it fly out of my brain as I was trying to use it. <laughs> she uses the effect where you turn into like a baby little kid face. Yeah. And she yeah. goes back to her. So she talks to little me and she tells stories. Remember that she's like, remember that time that aunt so-and-so is going to ask you, do you want to go to the flower show? And she's British. So it makes it even better too. And she's like, yeah, on that, I'm not going. I already told her no. And she's like, well, guess what? If you'd said yes, you would have met Maggie Smith. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> remember that time? Nobody believed when we were sick. Oh yeah. Right now. And she's like, well, <laughs> She's really funny. I love her. Um, another one that I would say is book adjacent. I know a lot of book readers are heavy either tea or coffee drinkers or, or heavy tea and coffee drinkers. And I stumbled across this guy a couple of years ago that he makes different um, tea recipes but not only that, he now has his own company where you can order different tea blends, loose leaf tea blends from him. Um, I followed some of his like, hey, um, I use like a coffee press from Ikea to make certain teas now. Like I, I just followed a few things that he recommended and my tea game is on point. Um, I love him. His handle is at Minty Bong Water. Fantastic handle. <laughs> So I love it. He he is just a pleasure to follow. So if you're a tea gal like me, go over there and get you some tea. Um, and then you and I, I think, both follow the next one. Jordan? Yes. Yes. So I'm sure if you listen to us, because you probably have taste like us, so I feel like you guys probably already follow him, but he's at Jordan the Stallion. There's underscores in there. Um, but he's the guy that always holds his phone like he doesn't do um, selfie mode. He does it the other way, and he's in the mirror, and he usually puts his glasses on. And most recently, he made it big <laughs> because he informed all of us, which shocked every single one of us, that um, he is actually not a millennial. Um, Bianca and I thought he was somewhere between mine and her age or closer to her age. And turns out he's a Gen Z and I could be his mom. <laughs> um, and it's a funny, it's a really funny story because apparently The Rock also thought he was older and thought he was there to get an autograph from The Rock for his kid. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, I am the kid. <laughs> he's like, no. Um, and apparently they've had a conversation. The Rock saw that and was like, hey, man, I'm sorry. 
Oh, Dwayne. Sorry, oh. I had to mute myself to blow my nose. <laughs> it happens. It happens. So those are our creators and book talkers uh, slash YouTubers, creators that we recommend that you follow. There are a ton more out there. So don't think like that's all we follow. But those are the ones we felt um, noting today. Also, if we sit here and mentioned every single one of them that we do follow, um, one, most of them are not book related because I like to follow like some spill the tea tea people. Um, <laughs> so we'd be here a minute. But with that, we're not leaving Black History Month because while Black History is not just one month, it's all of the time, we should observe it absolutely in February. Um, all, well, all year long. This I'm tripping on words. Blah, blah, words are hard. Black History Month is all of the time. You should observe it all the time. But I think it's especially important that we pay attention to it in February as well, because this is Black History Month. So Bianca and I both decided this month we would not read the same book. We would read different books from a Black author, and we would tell you a little bit about them. Um, I will go into <laughs> this telling you guys that she and I went to different ends of the spectrum. <laughs> I am going to be telling you guys about not only a book by a fantastic Black author, but I wanted to fit the pigeon of it's February and it's love month, or maybe it's not love month for you, but I hope it can be. Um, and I read a rom-com, uh, YA uh, rom-com by a Black author, and Bianca did not. <laughs> what is yours, Bianca? My sister, the serial killer. <laughs> and it is a thriller mystery, correct? Like, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> I was like, ooh, I'm going to read about killers. And Marita's like, rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like golden retriever, black cat. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. It's like golden retriever, black cat. <laughs> Absolutely. And what's funny is normally in our daily lives, I am the black cat and you're the golden retriever. But <laughs> it's okay. We got to change it up. So since you have um, a thriller, do you want to tell uh, the boys and girls about the book and the author that you chose this month and how you felt about it? Yes. Give me one second because I accidentally closed my internet tab about my author. <laughs> that happened to me right before we started recording. I was like, where are all my tabs? I don't know. <laughs> there we go. So, like I said, I am doing My Sister, the Serial Killer mm -hmm. by Oyankan Brathwaite. Um, she is a Nigerian-British novelist and writer. She was born in... Uh, Lagos, Nigeria, and that is where she grew up, and she now resides in the UK. <clears throat> um, she was born in 1988, so she is a millennial. Whoa, whoa. She's just yeah. a few, she's born the same year as my brother. She's just a few years younger than me. And she studied law and creative writing at Surrey University and Kingston University. Oh, nice. So she is a well-educated lady. <clears throat> um, she has been nominated for tons of awards for various uh, things that she's written. Um, My Sister the Serial Killer was her first novel, 
And then she had another novel come out called The Baby Is Mine. Which after reading this one, I might very well pick that one up. I will now get into my little spiel about the book. I'm not going to go like super deep into it because I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that wants to read it. I'm going to do the same with mine. Okay. Um, one, there are no like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, so on and so forth in this book. Oh, each of the little, I don't even call them chapters because I'll just say sections because they mm-hmm. only last like two and three pages. It's just titled one or two words. Um, <laughs> and the very first sentence of the book immediately grabbed me. I bet you didn't know that bleach masks the smell of blood. It does, but then you're breathing bleach. But okay, proceed. <laughs> Um, so she gets a text from her sister one night as she is sitting down to dinner. Um, she has to go and help dispose of a body. You good over there? Sorry, I was trying to mute myself so I could also put my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Weather changes, man, okay? <laughs> also, just um, so you know... I, you are someone I would help get rid of a dead body with. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Just have to fly you back to the U.S. (laughs) What are you doing today at Passport Control? So, what's your visit for this time, Miss Berthold? Ah, Marianne and Wanda. Um, never, never mind. Um. So they go and dump it in the river. And like that's like the first like opening sequence. And then <clears throat> and then after that we kind of backtrack to what led up to that. So you, I don't want to say you start in the middle of the story because it's not really the middle of the story, but you start at like a big plot point and then you backpedal and then you get back to that plot point. Mm-hmm. Um so our main character is I'm sorry if I butcher these names because they are African names. I'm not familiar with the Nigerian language. So please forgive me. But I'm going to say Korede and Ayula. Korede is our main character. Ayula is the sister. Ayula did the killing. Um, she stabbed a man. His name was Femi on their one month anniversary. Oh, she didn't even wait a year. Nope, one month. <clears throat> uh, she claims that he was angry and screaming at her. They had, they were getting into a fight. Um, the first stab took him down, but two more, just to be sure. Well, I mean, if you are taking someone out, you do want to be certain that they are going out. That is fair. <clears throat> um, there's several, like, technical chapters throughout this about Mm -hmm. how you go into the logistics of how to get rid of a body how to clean up after it let me ask though we have a we won't name her right now it's not her moment that uh i I am a one click by all her books but she makes us angry did this woman do this or did you feel like that is plausible probably right i felt it was plausible okay i like i say that because the the character was works in a hospital, she uh-huh. was 
I was kind of confused on what she actually was. And I guess this is because it's Nigerian culture. I don't know if she was like a nurse practitioner because it didn't sound like she was a regular nurse. Like she had more responsibilities than that. Okay. But I don't think she was a full on doctor. Okay. So she was, she works in the medical realm. Gotcha. And just the way she was describing things, it made it very believable. So I bought into it. Um, like I said, Corede, she works in a hospital. She also has a coma patient there. His name is Mutar. Um, completely coma, completely comatose, um, doesn't respond to anything. And she kind of uses her downtimes at the hospital and sits in his room and just talks. It's like a therapy session, basically. Well, they say that's great for people like that. So good job. Yeah. Um, Except that she spills what happens. Oh, not good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, that that kind of come in, comes into play later. There's also a lot of flashbacks in this book. Um, you get flashbacks to both Corede and Ayula's childhood and how they grew up. They had a very abusive father. Um, as it turns out, Femi was not Ayula's first kill. Um, and this is why it's called My Sister the Serial Killer. <clears throat> I was going to guess that, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I also, you also get a look at the how the government kind of works in Nigeria, which mm-hmm. I was not able to do research or anything to see if this actually happens. But like I said, from the way the author is describing it, it actually does. Um, the police... The, Police come in and out of the story a lot, and they are, uh, they can be bribed very easily. Yes, they can. So, um, like, there's one instance where a policeman stops Corede for not wearing her seatbelt properly. He's mm-hmm. threatening, like, thousands and thousands of whatever their money's worth is over mm-hmm. there, and she bribes them off. And apparently that's a very common practice in Lagos. Yes. <clears throat> um... In certain parts, in most of Africa, and in large parts of Europe as well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that, like, that's just one of the instances, but the police are in and out of the story quite a bit. So you get to see a lot of that exchanging of money going on. Um. How Ayula knows that she has to keep up the sh- the charade that she is still with Femi. So she creates an Instagram hashtag called Femi Durand is missing. Um, I find she, it interesting when people do this in real life and in books. Like when they try to continue the charade that someone either they murdered or they know is dead for natural causes. And they try to keep them like alive, quote unquote. Yes. Well, and Ayula doesn't Ayula doesn't come up with this on her own. Corede kind of talks her into it. Ayula just kind of wants to move on with her life. And Corede's like, no, no, can't do that. If you don't want to get caught, you need to act like you're mourning a little bit. She's she's basically trying to protect her sister. Yes. Um, Corede is very much a protector. And Ayula is very she gives off that spoiled brat kind of characteristics. Like maybe everyone um, has always protected her kind of thing. Yes. Oh, um, 
Well, and Ayula is also described as being this very beautiful, voluptuous woman. Mm -hmm. Um, All eyes turn on Ayula when she walks in any room. Um, She very much seeks attention, whatever that attention may be. And Karede is the exact opposite. She is very, um, she has an athletic build, not a lot of curves, um, very sensical clothing, doesn't wear a lot of makeup, stuff like that. So more of a wallflower? Yes, very much. Hey, Susan's talking to us on Marco. Hey, Susan. I'll listen later. (laughs) My phone just lit up in my face. (laughs) You're like, whoa. (laughs) Um. They live with their mother and she comes home one day and urges them both to go to a wedding because she wants her daughters to marry well. And she thinks that if they all go to this wedding, they're going to find their future husbands. And Ayula is like, Mama, my boyfriend is missing, remember? And the mother's like, oh, yeah, how's that going? The mother's not in on it. She's just very airheaded. It's kind of like. I hate to equate this kind of like Mrs. Bennett, where her only goal in life is to get her daughters married off. From my understanding, what little I know of Nigerian culture, um, that they're always like, you, you need to be married. You need to be married. You need to give me grandkids. You need yes. to like, yeah, I'm not. And I apologize to anyone that's Nigerian. I have a friend from Nigeria and that is like always her complaint. Um, she does not want to get married. Like, she has no ambitions to like get married or have children. Um, that's not for her. And her mother is always like making comments. And it's like, you know, I should have a grandchild. All my friends have grandchildren, you know, before I die. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like her mother's like very dramatic about it. So, yes. <laughs> That's very much how this mother is. So I'm guessing that that is a cultural thing. And she's just, she wants them gone and out of the house, basically. <clears throat> that too. Um, the hospital that Kareda works at, there is a doctor that works there. Um, crap, what was his name? Tade. His name was Tade. He's always very kind to Kareda, and Kareda has like a secret crush on him. It's to- this whole book is told from Kareda's point of view. I kind of wish I would have gotten Ayula's POV. Like maybe it, it alternated between the two or just the one or just a f- like a couple of times because okay. there's, I feel like it's very biased, which I mean, I understand the book is called my sister, the serial killer. So right. We're, we're going to read about the sister and not have it from her point of view. I just feel like it would have been very interesting to see inside of Ayula's brain. Because, like I said, Corede has a crush on Tade. But one day, Ayula just randomly shows up at the hospital wanting to have lunch with Corede. And Tade is immediately taken with Ayula. Like, rushes up to her, talks to her, immediately gets her number. They go on a date, like, that week. I guess guess so. And... Corede, in the meantime, is trying to convince Ayula to give her the knife that was used to stab Femi. Wait, 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 wait. No, that should have gone in the river, too. Like another Ayula, part of the river. Ayula like, wants to keep it so that she can have a part of Femi with her. Oh, sorry, I almost said a bad word. That's how you get caught! <laughs> there, 
there's quite a few chapters of Kurede trying to convince Ayula to give her the knife so she can get rid of it. And Ayula's just like, no, I want to keep it. It's sentimental. Listen, she definitely with me. killer then over here saving saving trophies. What my? Oh, my. <laughs> Lord. I love this. I love telling you stories. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we, I'm trying to skip over some stuff that's not necessary, necessary to the plot. Um, we do know that Korede had witnessed Femi getting physical with Ayula a couple of times. So that's why she kind of believes Ayula's story that it was done in self-defense. <clears throat> but at the same time, this isn't, like I said, this isn't the first time Ayula has killed somebody. So it's like, where do you draw the line? Right. Um, one night, Corede sneaks into Ayula's room to try to look for the knife, but Ayula catches her and is like, get out of my room. You're not going to find it. And Corede's like, man, whatever. They, they're they not the most loving sisters. Mm. What's your take? My take is that sometimes different cultures love differently. And I'm wondering if it's a cultural difference um, or if it's just they truly the author is trying to tell you, like, they don't they're not that loving to each other. Well, and I think it's also that they they really don't have anything in common besides growing up together. Like I said, they're complete opposites. Mm -hmm. They they really don't interact that much. Like, it was weird for Ayula to come to the hospital to see Korede that one time. It was just super weird. And it was out of character. Okay. <clears throat> and Korede never really figures out why Ayula came to the hospital. Because surely it couldn't be to have lunch with her. Like, that question just kind of left hanging there. Hmm. Um, they do live in a large house. And they used to have help to keep it up. But since the dad died, they've slowly had to let things go. Um, right. Because they couldn't make ends meet, stuff like that. Um, like I said, the mother is rather absent in their lives, just kind of checked out mentally, except to encourage them to get married. Ayula's painted as a spoiled brat more than a functioning human. Um, in Corete's words, she can barely make toast in the toaster. And Karede is trying to teach Ayula how to cook. Um, there's one dish that's mentioned a lot. It's called EFO, I think is how you pronounce it. It's EFO. I looked Hang it up. On. It looks delicious. I think I heard about this. Uh, so I love this show um, called um, Bob Hart's Abishola. And the majority of the characters in there are um, Nigerian, so they talk about like a lot of these things. So how it's like a out? stew. Ifa. Ah, okay. Ifa. Cool. Oh, well, that's why I was like, I gotta look this up. I feel like I've heard him say it before. <laughs> oh yeah, it looks absolutely delicious. I know sometimes when they uh, have like they don't show them like. Hugely, but like the camera will pan down like the, what's supposed to be like their after church buffet sometimes, and I'm like, oh, I want it all. Don't <laughs> one. 
but that particular food is named a lot throughout this book. So I'm guessing it's like a staple in their diet. Like the comfort food of. Yeah, I think Marcia, so. Yeah. But um, Ayula is not really taken to cooking. She wants everyone else to do it for her, basically. Um, let's see. Corede tells Ayula that she doesn't want her to date Tade. They had gone on like one lunch date and Tade came back from it, came back to the hospital, like on cloud nine, just telling Corede, I can't believe you've never introduced me to your sister. She's wonderful. She's so sweet. And Corede's thinking, she's a murderer. I don't want you anywhere near her. And so she goes to Ayula and is like, hey, don't date the doctor dude. And Ayula is basically like, too bad, too sad. I'm going to do what I want to. Oh, that's a tough call. I didn't even think about that. Like, I have siblings. I don't know how I'd be if I, if, hmm, that's a good question. Would well, I, anybody that wanted to date them after that, would I be like, mm, don't do that. You're going to die. <laughs> that's what she was like. I have to protect him. Like, there's a good chance he might die. <clears throat> um, Hey, doesn't really listen to her. Ayula just says, no, I'm going to do what I want to. So Corede tries to wear makeup to work and kind of like seduce Tade. But it throws Tade and literally everyone else that works at the hospital off because, like I said, she never wears makeup. And they're just like, are you OK? Another out of the ordinary event taking place. Yes. Um, she ends up going to the restroom and washing it off. Like She's like, no, I can't do this. Tade starts sending Ayula bouquets of flowers every day. Um, he starts out with orchids. And Ayula strong. Yes. And Ayula texts him and says, I actually prefer roses. Oh. And that, that afternoon, a bouquet of roses show up. Well, now. <laughs> she go, Ayula goes to post the pretty flowers on social media, but Corete has to be like, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be looking for your missing boyfriend. Right, you you're, can't mourning, be posting. you're mourning the disappearance of your boyfriend. You can't be posting these flowers. Again, this is how you get caught. <laughs> and Coretta is explaining this, and Ayula basically just sits there and pouts like a little spoiled brat. And is like, I never get to do what I want. Are you if, you, if you can't tell, I don't like Ayula. <laughs> oh um. That night, Corete cannot get to sleep. She's just worried that something is going to happen to Tade. And she goes downstairs, and in her anger, she tears apart the flowers and leaves the petals scattered everywhere. So when they wake up in the morning, Ayula comes down, and her flowers are completely destroyed. It's the ghost and, of the boyfriend you killed! <laughs> and Ayula knows that Corete did it. Like, she can't prove it, but she knows she did it. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah. Um, then we go to another plot line that involves their dead father. Um, their aunt, their father's sister, wants to throw an anniversary party for the death of the dad. Um, okay. The party that she has planned is way too lavish for everyone's budget. And the sisters don't really want to celebrate their abusive father. So they are not very enthusiastic about this plan. I mean, I don't think I would want to celebrate him either. Yeah, but the aunt just kind of bullies them and is like no we're gonna do this because the aunt doesn't really like she knows he was a forceful man but she doesn't know the extent 
it's someone that, that saw him in a different light. It's like, yeah. like not interrupting what you're explaining, but like you and I could meet a person, whether they're like your family, my family, it doesn't matter. And you could totally adore them. And I could be like, they're a like you get a di- everybody gets a different version of a person. That's just yeah. life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to Tade and Ayula. They go for a date. He had bought her this gorgeous bracelet. And when they come back from the date, Ayula is just kind of standoffish. And two weeks go by and they don't talk. And Tade is absolutely out of his mind. Like, he doesn't know what happened. Um, he doesn't know why Ayula has suddenly lost interest. And he's kind of hitting up Corede, like, can you please talk to your sister? I want to know what happened. I want to continue seeing her. And Corede's like, I don't want to get in the middle of this. Leave me out of this. Um, Let's see. Going back to Femi, the disappeared boyfriend. His family had hired a cleaner to tidy up his... uh, I think he lived in like an apartment or a condo or something. It wasn't a house. Mm-hmm. But they'd hired a cleaner to tidy the place up so that they could get it ready to sell because he's been missing for a couple of months at this point. And they can't keep paying the rent on it. The cleaner found a bloody napkin hidden in the couch cushions. Ayula tells Karede that she had hidden it there. And Karede's like, why would you hide that there? What was the point and purpose of that? And Ayula can't really give an answer for it. She's just being dumb, basically. Next, one of Femi's neighbors tells Femi's sister that he had seen two women leaving Femi's apartment the night he went missing. And he was fairly certain that one of them was Ayula. Ayula now needs a plan. The police show up to question Ayula. She does a fairly good job at lying to them. And the the story that Ayula gives is that Ayula and Femi had gotten into a fight. She had texted Corede to come pick her up in her car. So Corede had come to pick her up, and that's when they broke up and Femi went missing. The police request to look at Corede's car, and the mother interrupts, is like, you're not taking my daughter's car. She needs it to get to work, and basically just ushers them out. <clears throat> well, the police show up. The next day, and I was like, hey, we're taking your car. They've got, like, whatever their paperwork is to go and take it. Mm-hmm. Crede is not, uh, like, nervous or anything because she knows she did a perfect job at cleaning it, so they're not going to find anything. I mean, mm, you use bleach, and that just usually smears it all around. <laughs> Sorry, I got some words for this lady. Not the author. <laughs> The character. <laughs> the one character. I have feelings. You have feelings. I have feelings and I haven't even read this book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to, though. <laughs> <It's>, mm. <laughs> well, they end up holding the memorial for their father. And Tade shows up for Ayula, but he leaves, like, very shortly after he doesn't stay or mingle or anything. The next day, a random man shows up at the house asking for Ayula. His name is, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Gaboye. I think that's. How do you spell it? 
G B O Y E. And he's not a very attractive man. Um, Corete describes him as kind of like short and stumpy with a very round belly, um, middle-aged, like not the best looking guy. It turns out that he is also married and has been seeing Ayula on the side for a very long time. No, no, ma'am. Know your worth. She is a sugar baby. He has been funding her little adventures that she goes on, like any trip she wants to take, any shopping sprees. And that's actually why she didn't talk to Tade for a while is because she was off with Gaboye. Just kind of left him in the dust. Boyega. Boyega. Hang on. Boyega. Boyega. Sorry, I was listening to how to pronounce. Boyega. Well, that makes no sense. <laughs> Listen, if you saw how you say my name over here, you would also be like, well, that makes no sense. <laughs> um, and then we get a few flashbacks of their father, and it turns out their father had been having an affair. He had brought her home one day and didn't know that the family was home. The mother confronts the woman. The father is like, you're not going to talk to her that way. And he ends up beating the mom. And then father just acts like nothing ever happened. Like everything's back to normal. Um, And it kind of ties in with what Ayula is doing now. Um, Karede gets curious and looks up. Gaboye slash however you said to pronounce his name. Boyega or something like that. Boyega. I, I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so but sorry. anyways, Karede looks him up and she finds his wife and she's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and it turns out that the day she is looking them up is the day of their anniversary. And the wife has been posting all of these anniversary appreciation posts all over social media. It's like, I love my husband and my family so much. Look at everything that we've accomplished throughout our marriage. And yet here, Ayula, they're going, Gaboye and Ayula are going on a trip on their anniversary. And Karete just feels like terrible. Like it literally hurts her heart because there's nothing she can do about it. Yeah. I just... There's there's a lot of gray characters in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the police eventually bring Corete's car back. There's nothing wrong with it. They didn't find anything, but they do kind of extort her and is like, we'll give you your key back if you give us X amount of money. So she has to pay to get her car back from the police. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That that made me mad. Well, if it was impounded or no, you said they took it to. Yeah, they took it to inspect it. To inspect it because yeah. of suspicion in relation to the uh, disappearance. Yes. Okay. But, then but they didn't find anything. They still made her pay for it, though. That's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they were treating it as an impound, probably, is what it sounds like. Ugh. Um, the next day, Tate is, like, sulking in his office because Ayula hasn't talked to him since their father's celebration thing. 
and Corede goes in there and like tries to comfort him to let him know that it's not his fault. It's Ayula's. And somehow the conversation gets turned around on Corede being a bad sister and how she's not giving Ayula enough attention. And that's why she seeks all these other men's attentions because she doesn't get it at home. Let me tell you the way that Ayula has her claws in Tade and has like brainwashed him. Is that, Mm, have they have they had any Bianca Nono times like even closed door? It's implied. It's implied. Yeah. There's no way it's that good. I'm just gonna <laughs> say it right now. I will be the one to say it. Um, Ayula returns from her trip to Dubai with Gaboyega, however you said to pronounce the name. And it turns out that Ayula returns alone because Gaboyega has mysteriously died of food poisoning. Of course he has. And Ferede ends up looking up the death certificate for him just to see what the actual coroner would have said. And they put food poisoning. But Ferede is like, did he really, though? Like, how was he poisoned? Like, I cannot trust my sister. Like, did he get some bad pork or was there rat poisoning in his food? Yeah, that's what she's wondering. Yeah. But the the medical records don't really say anything. So Karede is just like even more on edge than she already was because this is. Sorry. This is two men in one year. Well, if you can pay off the cops, you can pay off the medical examiner. That is true. I'm just, that's the thought I just had when you said that. <laughs> um, Cade somehow gets word that Ayula is back in town and he shows up for dinner that night. And Karede is just fuming that she can't even sit at the dinner table with them. And she ends up locking herself in her room for her night, for the night. And I'm going to skip over that. I'm going to skip over all of that. I think I'm going to actually. Okay. So the next day, Karede goes back into the hospital Uh and all of the workers are like in a tizzy and she's like, what's going on? And they're like, Motar has woken from his coma and he's been in a coma for like five years now. Like they did not think he was going to wake up. So everyone is just like on the edge of their seats and Motar is specifically asking for the woman who had been talking to him almost every day. So she immediately knows that Motar knows everything. Because sometimes they remember they, they wake up and they remember everything. And then other times it's like. They don't. Most of the time, though, I, I've heard a lot of stories of people being like, oh, they woke up and they remembered everything the people were saying to them. Yes. And I'm actually going to stop there because I don't want to, like, spoil the last few things that happen in the book. Like, that's kind of the turning point in the book is when Motar wakes up. So if you want if you want to know the end of the book, go and pick up My Sister, the Serial Killer. I recommend it. I gave it I think I gave it four stars. Nice. Double check. It was either three or four stars. It wasn't a complete five. The the way it's written with the very short uh, chapters or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, I gave it four stars. 
Oh, um, you, I think you texted me about this or Marcoed me, but you said something to me about reading a book that it didn't have complete like chapters. And I know you, you're a person that's like, especially like when you say I'm going to read a chapter, you do read a chapter. So I think, is this the book that you texted me about? Or am I like, listen, we've had a lot of conversations in the like, <laughs> Lots of years we've been friends now. But I remember you recently had a complaint that you were like, I like this book, but it doesn't have like defined, like the, like the chapters are only like two pages and I'm not digging yeah. this. Yeah, that's how, because it's very abrupt. Like everything I told you, mm -hmm. those sequences happen in like two and three pages. So you're going from this celebration of their father's life to, oh, my gosh, she's on a vacation and the dude she's on vacation with just died of food poisoning. Then I like think I would have liked the uh, other POV, like you mentioned, like where maybe if the pages are that small, you get like one from one sister and one from another. Yeah. That would have been really cool. Yeah, it was maybe just very should... abrupt going from those little short chapters because you you never know what you're going to read on the next page, literally. Mm -hmm. So it felt kind of whiplashy, but the story itself was good. I liked the twists and turns in there. Um, so yeah, go read the ending for yourself, please. And Maybe give you me should feedback. tweet the author and tell her that we, you loved her book, but you would really like to get it from the other sister's perspective. That that would be really cool. Like, Yeah, but then do yeah. I really want to read it from my Eula's point of view? <laughs> I need well, someone else. Well, it's kind of like those parts where they're like, you know, I hate I hate to use this as comparison, but like in Twilight, how sometimes you just want the other person's perspective. Yeah, that's true. You get a, like a different sense of the story, even though it's the it's, same story. Because it doesn't necessarily need to be Ayula's point of view. I just feel like it needs someone else's. Like I'd even be happy with Tade's, just Pardon to me. see how how Ayula right. got him to that point of. Oh, that yeah, would be she's, cool. Yeah, she's cheating on me, but it's because she doesn't get love and attention from her family. She has to go and find it elsewhere. And obviously, my love and attention is not enough for her. I need that's, to make it enough for her. That is crazy. I, that would be interesting, though. I think there's. A, yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, we're going to switch gears and talk about your yep. cute little YA rom-com now. Yes, it is a cute little YA rom-com. Um <laughs> I do think it's funny, but we didn't tell. Well, we had a brief discussion when we picked this um, as our topic for the month. And I was like, oh, I could do this or I could do this or I could do this. What do you think? And you were like, I don't know. Do what you want. And I ended up going with this one because I wanted it to also. Last year we did like love. At, well, kind of sort of. And we read Geneva Rose together. Um, so hence us doing separate this year for the month of February. And I figured it fit into both categories, uh, um, for me, like we, we do weren't necessarily covering Valentine's day, but we wanted to do black history. So I thought, perfect. Um, so let me tell you really quick, Bianca, how excited I was that I finally read this book. I'm holding it in my hand and guess what kind of book it is? Is it a floppy book? Oh my god. <clears throat> yeah, it's a floppy. My favorite. Here's some book ASMR. There you go. Um, <laughs> it's my favorite ever. So this is by uh, Talia Hibbert. It is highly suspicious and unfairly cute. And 
It's fantastic. Um, I will say, so she's British and she uses a lot of terms in the book from when she's talking about like a barrister or A-levels or um, quotes that they use there, uh, like slagging off, like things that we don't necessarily say. And what I appreciated, even though I watch a lot of British television and um, read a lot of British authors, it was nice that there was a glossary in the front for that. And it's not very large. It's like two pages, but it was really nice to have that. Um, my book also had a kind of different breakup chapter wise. So we do have actual chapter numbers, but it starts in sections as well. So we have like September and then the chapters, October, the chapters. Um, and then also within the chapters, you can have, it goes back and forth. So like uh, we are, you start the book as September and then chapter one and you get the POV of the first main character, which is Celine Bangura. And then you, you finish her section and then it goes to Brad Graham, who is our second character. Brad. Um, Brad, yeah, Bradley, Bradley Graham. Um, and I'm in this, here like, what do you need? <laughs> what, what? Um, so this is a friends to enemies to lovers. Um, it doesn't spoil anything. Obviously, I'm going to go into some of the things that happen as well, but I also want people to read it themselves. I think most of the time when we read a romance, though, we know that, like, a couple's getting together, right? Like, we're not idiots. Yeah. Um, but to tell you guys a little bit about Talia before I um, go forward, Talia is um, actually a New York Times USA Today and Wall Street Journal bestselling author. Author. She lives in the English Midlands. She writes very witty, in my opinion. She's both, and I know people are like, funny and witty are the same. No, they're not. No, they're not. She is very funny. She's very witty. Um, and her romances are extremely diverse. I had read one of her books prior um, called Get a Life, Chloe Brown which actually has two more books to it that I have not read. Um, and she just announced that she's going to be writing another series that is like in the same world as Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I was like, Chloe um, Brown went super viral on Book Talk a while ago. Uh, that is so weird. My Siri on my phone was like, sorry, I didn't get that. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> yeah, Get a Life, Chloe Brown was one of the like hype books. Um, and I'm glad that it was. I've seen this one a little bit on Book Talk, but not much. I think it should be in more places. Um, so, Talia Hibbert uh, is obviously she is black. She is British. I looked up everything I could to see if um, her family had like lived somewhere else and then came to England, or if she's just always been a Brit. I could not find that information. Um, she is classified as a British romance novelist. Uh, she has written some paranormal romance and contemporary romance as well. Um, she has really struggled with some mental health. Um, Talia is actually also um, autistic and part of the queer community. Um, and she and I have something in common. She was diagnosed with uh, fibromyalgia. So, the amount of books this lady be pumping out, I'm impressed. I'll just yeah. say that. Yeah, she, uh, 
was she's 28 as well. And I just think she's fantastic. Um, uh, so I've listened to some interviews with her and read some interviews with her. She's done like NPR, um, Smart Bitches Trashy Books has, I don't remember if they talked to her or just covered her books, but fantastic. So highly recommend her herself, but this book of hers also was pretty cute. Um, so our main characters, Bradley Graham and Celine Bangura, they at this point in their time are like 17 years old. It's England, so it's not like seeing it. They don't call it senior year, but they're in their final year of high school. <clears throat> and they're both like thinking about what they want to do in the future. Both of them have fathers who um, their families actually know each other very well, too. But both of them have fathers who are lawyers. Um, one is a horrible father, much like your book. Um, uh, Celine's father is not a good person. Uh, which gets brought up a lot in this book. It's part of the main plot of Celine's um, story. And then Bradley's father is like this fantastic man. Like Bradley comes home one day from school and his dad is like making cookies. Um, he's like very close with his boys. Like they have a family group chat. Like he is the total opposite. And in some ways, Celine envies that and is very like jealous of that. Um, which, I mean, I can understand. So for the longest time, though, I will be honest with you, they keep talking about, um, like, how they fell out as friends because apparently they grew up, like, best friends. And the back of the book says it was because Brad decided he was too cool for Celine, um, which you learn later is not entirely the truth. It was like, what is it we all, you and I always say, communication. <laughs> we why do we pick books with communication tropes? This one wasn't too bad, but this was, they're really young. They're like 13. He gains new friends and joins new hobbies. And she saw that as like, well, he doesn't want anything to do with me. And that was never the case. She just assumed that like, Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I guess they tried to have a discussion about it and she didn't say you, what's wrong. You don't want to be my friend anymore. It was more of like, she just went straight into him accusatory. So he was like, you know what? Fine. I'm not dealing with this. So it wasn't necessarily that it was a communication trope, but I think it was there. I mean, this is a YA book. So the issue they're falling apart happened when they were like 13. So, I mean, it makes sense that they would handle it that way, you know, like. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you're that young, you don't like you don't have enough life experience to know how to handle those type of situations. Exactly. And especially if like the more you learn about them, like he's, you know, if their families are both friends and they come from this life where they have, like, her father was this, like, had a secret family kind of thing. And then his dad is, like, this perfect, like, very well-rounded, fantastic father. I'm sure, like, that lends to it as well. She's like, oh, just go be perfect. You know, <laughs> like, um, she also has some, like, different interests. What I love about her is, so she is a famous, Celine is kind of sort of a semi-famous TikToker. She does conspiracy theories. <laughs> That's my girl. Right? So she's obsessed with conspiracy theories, and I loved it. She talks about some, like, they don't touch on all of them, but there's some of them, like, they kind of mention, like, ghosts and, and Bigfoot and UFOs and aliens, because at some point they're having, like, a tat with each other, which I will say, they're, like, they do banter well with each other, but sometimes when you're as like almost 40 year old woman, when they're bantering, you're like, this is kind of childish. Oh, wait, they're 17. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, and but it's also kind of funny. Like I audibly laughed multiple times when they were having like tit for tat with each other. And at one time, she's uh, when they actually bring up and start discussing the um, like you changed. They actually bring up the conversation of what separated them at friends with as friends to begin with. She's she's like it's like you just you just you're like you're 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 and he fi- he like says it before she can because she she doesn't want to say it and he like realizes like oh the conspiracy theorist in her you mean alien <laughs> and she's like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so both of their fathers are lawyers. And so she is dead set that she also wants to become a lawyer. I don't think this spoils anything, but she tells you pretty much from the get go that the reason that she wants to become a lawyer is because she wants to become the best lawyer. She wants to be so good that her dad's agency, um, because like, mind you, he has nothing to do with them. Like he basically... I think at one point in the book, her sister refers to him as, uh, or no, she says to her sister, he just sends obligatory automated payments. That's all we are to him. That broke my heart. That's sad. It's very sad. But so Celine is determined. Like, I am going to, like, max my A-level. So basically in the term, in, like, American terms, she wants to be, like, valedictorian of her class. She wants to have top GPA, go to the best school. She's wanting to go to Cambridge and um, graduate as a lawyer and become the best lawyer. And that way in 10 years, like his firm will be begging for her, but she'll have her own and she can like show him that she didn't need him anyway, that she had everything she needed. So like, which that becomes a huge discussion because people start asking her towards the like middle end of the book, like, is that really what you want? Or are you just wanting him to see you? Like, yeah. What yeah. do you really want? So it does. Um, there's a lot of um, questions about becoming an adult in this, like questioning, like, like your choices and your life decisions. Um, Bradley also says he's going to go be a lawyer, but secretly um, he wants to be a writer. And, like, the little lady down the block even knows it. Like, nobody else does. But the little lady down the block somehow knows it and even comments to his dad, like, that boy shouldn't be going to Cambridge to be a lawyer. He should be winning a Hugo Award. So, yeah, like, and that comes up very early on into meeting Bradley and his family and his character. Um, But what happens is um, in their arguing at the very beginning, there's an accident which causes Celine not to be able, and she also doesn't have a car, so she can't like drive herself. And I guess for whatever reason, and I don't know why, plot maybe, Bradley decides, I'll drive you. It's like my fault, whatever. Um, because she has decided that there's this like lady she worships, Catherine. I apologize, I cannot remember this character's last name, but she's like the. I hate using this word, but I don't know how else to describe it. She's like the girl boss of this universe that this book is written in, okay? She's yeah. like the first black this, and she's like a very successful lawyer, and she runs like – she usually has these amazing internships that are only for college students and these amazing um, like um, survival course kind of things, but not in the way that you sense. It's like for team building and stuff that she usually runs – and for the first time ever, she's going to do one where she allows call or high school, like, seniors to attend. And if they, like, make it all the way through, the grand prize is scholarship. And obviously, Selena Bradley. 
you know, Celine really wants this. So they go to this, uh, sign up for this two-part survival course in the woods. Um, turns out, though, Brad ends up right there with her, um, and they are forced to work together for the chance to win this grand prize. And so they're not, like, just really trudging through, like, dirty, muddy kind of stuff, but they're also, this is when they start bringing up the past and being like, you left, but you did this. Um, at the same time, they all, they go to the same high school together. <laughs> so there's, it's, it's blurring into like, we haven't talked much in like years. And now we're at school together every day. Our families are still super close. Oh, and now we're both competing with each other in this like survival thing. Um, he's kind of described as like Mr. Jock. Like, he joined the soccer team. That's part of their falling out. And she, obviously, is a conspiracy theorist. I think she sounds cool the way they describe her. It's like she has, um, my understanding is she has, like, these braids. But the two braids that she leaves out of, like, her ponytail or whatever in the front are, like, a different color. Um, And, like, her style just sounds super cute. Like, and very her, if that makes sense. Is that her on the cover? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. That's like, that's almost a 100% accurate description. They never really okay. described that she wore t-shirts like that, but I'm assuming if you're a conspiracy theorist, you would. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, it's extremely cute. It is extremely witty. Um, like I said, even though it's about teenagers, I laughed multiple times I even wanted to cry a few times I didn't weird I know I cried everything else I don't really cry at books but I felt (laughs) I felt like I I got the emotion that the author was trying to convey for those characters um she does give a trigger warning though um there's parental abandonment obviously portrayal of living with obsessive compulsive disorder because that's one of the things about Bradley is he is clinically OCD um they even talk about that like he when he comes home for that first time um and you meet his dad he's like his dad's trying to have a conversation with him and he's doing things like oh did I lock the door and then he like goes back to the conversation with his dad and like because you get his thoughts like he's like oh did I lock the door and he's like yeah. dad's still talking and then he's like oh but if I locked the door and left my keys in it mom can't get in so he checks the door like again and he carries hand sanitizer and things of that nature um <laughs> it was really funny um she said the story also involves highly fictionalized portrayals of existing forests so I'm very sorry for all the geographical inaccuracies. In my defense, I did it for the feels. <laughs> um, and I think she did a really good job. So I would highly recommend it. It is very cute. Um, you end up getting exactly what you want, but also don't. And that's just my opinion. So don't come for me. And I know somebody's about to be like, oh, you wanted spice. No, I did not. It's a YA. That does not belong in here. Yeah. That's yeah. not what I mean when I say I wanted something more. I just had moments in this book, and this is what took it to a three and a half and it not being like a four or more, is that there were certain times when I think I wanted their conversation to go a little deeper or I wanted um, I wanted how she was feeling to be explained a little better. And again, maybe that's because 
it was written as if they're 17. I mean, if she wrote it as a 28-year-old, it wouldn't make sense as two teenagers. But at the same time, there was just something more that I wanted. And I, I don't know exactly. No, it's kind of like me. I wanted something more with mine. That's what kept it from a five. Yeah. So I gave it, like, you can't really give three and a half on Goodreads. So I think I clicked three stars. But I feel like it's more of a three and a half. I have several people I would highly recommend this book to or even purchase it for them as a gift. Um, I did a combination of the actual book and audio um, because my brain is weird like that. Um, I recommend if you're an audio person, the narrators, there's two. There's one that does Brad and one that does Celine. They are fantastic, both of them. Um, the book itself is a very quick read. Like my copy here is like 300 and sorry, it's like 319 pages. Um, I got it done in like two days, like doing chunks, especially taking it to go with me via audio. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would absolutely highly recommend it. And I had only, like I said, I'd only ever read, uh, read one other of Talia Hibbert's works. Um, but after reading the second one, I want to, A, finish the Chloe Brown series. Apparently there's three total. Um, I want to finish that, and I would love to read more of her work because apparently she does do the spice, eh? Yes. I looked on her website, and it said, like, sensual sexual romance something along those lines and i was like oh okay oh diverse <laughs> romance yeah that's her tagline for her yeah. um, and listen if when you go look up her author picture she's a girl that pulls off a red lip extremely well i would just like to put that out there like well she is gorgeous she is gorgeous like stunning and like she's never gonna hear this but ma'am if you do like Keep on with that red lip, girl. You won't. <laughs> there are some people where I'm like, please don't do the red lip. Mm, she, she pulls it off very well. <laughs> um, this book actually just came out in 2023, too. So it's a fairly recent book. But, yeah, I would highly um, recommend her. I know, And I will say, I actually, I actually mentioned this to Bianca as well. This is one of those that I bought strictly the cover and because I knew that I was familiar with the author's name when this book first came out and it's one of those covers that some people are like oh, I'm so over it it's like the cutesy it's format. like the cute cartoon yeah but okay. when you read this book this cover is this book like it is just top notch so good job ma'am good job <laughs> Well, now we will get into our recent reads and acquisitions. Do you have any other um, black authors that you would like to mention, or are you going to do that in your reads and acquisitions? Uh, dang, you put me on the spot. Sorry, <laughs> I, I say, should have asked you before. <laughs> I will I say didn't... I almost read Children of Blood and Bone by Tomi Adeyemi. It's so good. I almost picked that one, but um, I could, 
I picked uh, my sister, the serial killer, because I can also use it for a work assignment. So I double dipped. I don't blame you. Oh, I'm knocking things off the shelf. <laughs> Are you a cat? Well, I did knock the Cheshire cat off the shelf. So is he OK? He's OK. <laughs> he made a hard plastic. He was a cake decoration on one of my birthday cakes. So he good. Oh, OK. He good. He <laughs> But yeah, I almost read Children of Blood and Bone, but um, I decided not to. If I can get to it this month, I, I'm i not even going to say that. I'm not going to get to it this month. <laughs> you might, maybe may. If not, you'll get to it someday. Yes. It that's, has, that's I literally owned the first edition when it was published, however, back in 2018, I think. Because I bought it because I knew we were moving to Pensacola. And I was like, I need good books to read since I'm not going to know anything to do in Pensacola. And it's just kind of been sitting there. Not because I think it's going to be bad. I just got other things. <laughs> maybe okay. maybe we'll do that for my birthday month. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. <clears throat> um, are there any that you want to mention? Yes, I would actually really like uh, quickly. Some of them I have a title to go with their name. There's just a few, though. Um, so if you are a romance fan, the queen, she, I to me, she's like one of the queens of romance. And a lot of times I hear people that are like, I didn't even know her. And then I'm like, how are you a romance reader? And you didn't know who she is. Um, but Miss Beverly Jenkins, fan- fantastic woman. Uh, oh yeah yeah i think maybe we talked about her before <laughs> yeah we've talked about her before yeah uh love her love her I, and and there's a fantastic interview with her um hang on sorry um computer decided it wanted a battery so there's also a fantastic interview with her it's several years old but doesn't matter on um smart bitches trashy books podcast um, obviously continue to listen to us, but also add them to your repertoire. If you are anywhere, if you are a romance person, if not, they're probably not for you, but, um, fantastic interview with her over there. And then one that I found myself and I'm in her author group on Facebook and she's just super funny and she writes some fantastic books and they're not very, a lot of hers are not very long. I think she is the queen of writing what I didn't know I needed in my life, but they're great. And I call them um, holiday romances. She's got like a Thanksgiving one. She's got a uh, Christmas one. What was her name? Danielle Allen. That name sounds familiar. I think I've talked about, I may have talked about her at one point. And then. There she is. To um, this one was also really big um, at one point on the tick of talks, and that's Ania Gray, Beasts of Prey. It was it was one of the ones I almost read instead of the book that I did. Um, I'm still gonna read it. It's a it's a fantasy. It got um, it got high praise from Oprah Magazine. Not the Oprah. Yeah, the Oprah. So it's it's got magic. It's got a uh, map in the front. I love a good map. I love a good map. Yes, ma'am. So recommend that. The other one that I almost read 
So I want to give a shout out. Here is Natasha Bowen's Skin of the Sea. It's like a Little Mermaid re retelling, kind of. So I'm looking it up. It's an epic. Skin of the Sea. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I uh, shout out to that one as well. Also, this one's not very long either. It's like 300 pages as well. Yeah. So highly recommend that one. Well, I can't re let me rephrase that. I haven't read it yet. But hey, she's other... also Nigerian. Oh. Oh man, her curls. You gotta look up her. She got some fantastic curls. Yeah. She's Nigerian um, and Welsh and yeah. lives in Cambridge. She's gorgeous too. She is. She's All obsessed beautiful with Japanese women. and German stationery. Ma'am, I would love to gift you some German stationery for this beautiful cover that you gifted me on Skin of the Sea. <laughs> I mean, you physically didn't gift it, but like, yeah, if you yeah, hadn't yeah. written this book, I would not have this in my hands. Um, and then I found this one new on TikTok, and I asked you last month, I said to you when we um, started doing reads and acquisitions, I, I asked you the question, if you pre-order something, can you count it as an acquisition? And you said, no, it counts when you receive it. Yes. Okay. So this book is not out yet, but I feel like he is worth mentioning. Um, his name is Ladarian Williams, and he wrote a book about a young black man from Helena, Alabama with ancestral magic. And he can cast spells, conjure hurricanes and teleport through time and space he also can burn the world down with his blue ancestral fire what in the world i don't know but it comes out may 7th 2024 and this man with his tiktok made me go pre-order what was the name of the book the book the book itself is called blood at the root i'm adding it to the show notes perfect um, he's actually coming out through Penguin Random House. So, Mr. Ladarian Williams, I am looking forward to your first book. Sounds good. Yeah, it says it took him, he said something that I think it took him like 14 years to complete this. And I don't know well, if it says he's. It says he's also a he, playwright and filmmaker. He's from Panama City, by the way. He is Southern boy. He is a Southern boy. So him writing. Wait, hang on. I believe he's from Panama City. Let me look that up again and make sure. Is it? No, he's from Alabaster. He's from okay. Alabaster and he was an actor at the Birmingham Children's Theater. Oh. He is a Southern boy. Yeah. Uh, which makes me even more glad to like read a book because he is going to absolutely know the areas that he's talking about. in, in Yes. This. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. Um, apparently as of three hours ago, he posted and said that Barnes and Noble is doing a sweepstakes for his book. You pre-order to be entered to, for a chance to win a branded university pennant and branded hoodie, leather backpack, Stanley Tumber, and a 2024 year task planner if you purchase from Barnes and Noble. Cool. 
that's a nice little sweepstakes. So yeah. yeah, I just found him. He's he was the one I was referring to when I was like, is that considered a priority? Like, <laughs> and then I was like, wait, I can talk about him next month. So those are um, black authors. There are so 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 many more that deserve all the recognition. But these are the ones that I currently or some of the ones I currently have on my bookshelf and that I feel deserve a little love. So, yeah. yeah. So, recent reads and acquisitions, Bianca, what you got? Um, I am currently reading Wayward by Amelia Hart. So glad you're um, reading <laughs> after it won it won two Goodreads Choice Awards last year and then you were like Bianca you need to read this book I was like Fine. it was one of my five stars um, I only have like 100 pages left I will finish it tonight most likely like okay um, it's been good it's been good but it's about to get real good <laughs> it's so sad it really is though but I was I, reading it at work and I had to put it down on my break and I was like I got I got to walk it, around or something for the rest of my break because now I'm just depressed but I will I'm not spoiling anything here for you or the peoples but it uh just desserts okay let me just say that oh okay good yeah. I'm I'm glad you said that because if it ends as pretty as bad as pretty much it's been I'm like I don't I, I need like a Xanax or something I don't know <laughs> no I was I was very pleased with the, with the ending. I'm going to be honest. I was pleased with the ending. Okay. Um, one of my recent reads. Actually, two of my. Actually, three. Sorry. I can't count. Three of my recent reads. Mm-hmm. The Things We Leave Unfinished by Rebecca Yaros. Um, I wanted to read something besides Fourth Wing from her to see if I actually liked her writing and not just that one-off fantasy. I'm interested as well. I heard she does a lot more spicy, though. This one wasn't, uh, I mean, it has some spice in it, but it wasn't straight up like smut, if that makes sense. Um, The story. We got some straight up. Mm. (laughs) Um, There were a couple of scenes that I was just like, okay, I'm skipping, skipping these like five pages here. But the story itself was really good. I gave it, what did I give it? too far i gave it four stars um about a woman whose grandmother has died and the grandmother was a very famous author and the her publisher wants to bring in a ghost author to finish up her last unpublished book the thing is the grandmother never planned on publishing that book because it is very much autobiographical Ah. and she was she was kind of writing out of catharsis, basically. At least that's what we're led to believe. Okay. Um, it's very much uh, enemies to lovers. So if you're into that trope. This is right I up am. your alley. <clears throat> um, but I really enjoyed it. I will definitely read all the other Rebecca Yaros books. I think she just became a one-click author for me. Nice. Um, I also read a book that you're going to be mad at me for reading. Why? Home is... Home is Where the Bodies Are. By we Geneva already Rose. know I'm mad at you. I had this, <laughs> we had a whole exchange about this. So Bianca got approved for the uh, An arc. The arc, And I did not. And I was very bitter for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, then, you, and then the nerve, you, the nerve of this best friend of mine. 
I just finished the book. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I, I think I'm we just got it, honestly. <laughs> I think we all know I was not the perfect marriage's number one fan. <laughs> you were not. And listen, I really wasn't either. I I hated that book. <laughs> but you went on and on about how her, her other books were just great. She had become a one-click author for you. So I was like, you know, if I get approved yeah. for this through, through NetGalley, I won't be mad because then I'll read it for free. Stuff like that. Yeah. I got approved. And... It was really good. I gave it three stars because, once again, we had some more um, Geneva Rose inaccuracies. And I'm so frustrated by that because she went and spent time with that police department, asked all those questions to not have this happen again. Well, to be fair, this time it doesn't have to do with the law side of things. This time it's on the tech side of things. Um, ah, that's right. You asked yeah. your husband. Yeah, the the brother in the book is supposed to be like this tech wizard, and he goes yeah. on like a few chapters of explaining how he's doing some techie stuff, and it just didn't sound right. So I turned to Brad, who is an IT nerd. I was like, hey, this character's doing this. Is that logical? And he was like, there's like a 99.99999% chance that cannot happen. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> And then he went on like this whole spiel of like, explaining everything. And I was like, Brad, I cannot follow what you're saying. Like, but thank you for explaining this. <laughs> <laughs> That's like after 18 years, I actually know a good bit about helicopters that, you know, one individual person like myself should not normally know. But sometimes, sometimes my husband starts going and I went from, understanding the APU is doing something weird to just Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> just. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I did give Homeless Where the Bodies Are three stars. Um, I think if that techie stuff hadn't happened, I would have given it four. Um, it is a very short book. It, it's not long at all. It's an easy read. It comes Most out in smaller. April, I want to say. I was just trying to see. And I got distracted. Um, it comes out April 30th. So okay. soon. I can get it soon. <laughs> you got like two and a half months. I already pre-ordered it. It'll be <laughs> And then um, another one of my recent reads is The Villa by Rachel Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Hawkins is just a one-click author for me. Um, the Villa is... It's a revenge story. That's the best way to sum it up is a revenge story. Um, I would recommend it. I gave it. What did I give it? Read this thing for you. Lost it. I gave it like three or four stars. I forget what I gave it. <clears throat> okay. Um, some of my acquisitions. I finally did acquire The Heiress, also by Rachel Hawkins. Um, it stayed sold out of my local Barnes and Noble for weeks and my local independent bookstore stayed sold out for weeks. You gave the and villa the, three stars. Did I? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are, um, there's quite a bit of drug use in there. It was mm-hmm. like rock and roll drugs stuff. Just a forewarning for anyone for that. I, I guess for the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. 
because I I cannot relate to that at all. I'm a good girl. Okay, guys, sorry. Um, so I picked up The Heiress by Rachel Hawkins. I got this one through the library. It's called The Starless Sea by Erin mm-hmm. Morgenstern. She's the oh, one who wrote The Night love Circus. Her. Love her. Night um, Circus actually, is one of my favorite, favorite books. Oh, okay. So I know I read, you didn't like it, I, yeah. but I loved it. Every like when Night Circus came out, that was like the it book when it came out. Mm-hmm. I honestly cannot remember anything about it because this has been like 15 years ago since okay. I read it, whenever it was it came out. I just remember not liking it, but the Starless Sea has been gaining traction and everyone's been raving about it. So I was like, you know what? I'll order it through the library. <clears throat> Night Circus came out in 2011. That was 12 years ago, 13 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, parse up my books here. So I got a little Barnes and Noble haul here. Um, the one day that I went to Barnes and Noble, they had a local author there promoting and signing her books. So I picked this one up. It is called The Light Keeper by Christina Wallace. And she signed it for me and she gave me a cute little bookmark and it's adorable. It's a children's book. Uh, When a misadventure cleaning out the attic leads Isaac to release a fairy trapped in a glass ball of light, he believes he struck gold in the form of wishes. That sounds like a Miranda book. Yes. All he has to do is mention the name that was engraved on the ball and the indebted fairy would grant him any three wishes he wants. It's kind of like a genie. Yes. Um, the way she was describing it sounded super cute and she was there signing and I just I couldn't say no because she was a sweetheart. Absolutely not. Um, another one I picked up is called Threads That Bind by Kika Hatsopolo. I've heard about this one, but I have not read it. So the cover is absolutely mm-hmm. I I can't get over the cover and it was on sale. I think it was like half off. They were doing a half off. Um, hardcover sale so I got that one and I also picked up the city of stardust by Georgia Summers mm-hmm. another gorgeous cover let me I'm a sucker for a good cover you guys me too the, the tagline is once there was a key to elsewhere and I was like yep that's a Bianca book we're taking that home um, the final three I'm going to mention I got at the local public library book sale where all their books were only a dollar yeah, and you, you, and you two were supposed to tell me what you got, and nobody ever told me what they bought that day. I'm just oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling you now. <laughs> At least I, I did tell Sabrina because it was like storming so bad the day you guys went. I was like, let me know you made it safe to Bianca's, and she's like, I made it. And then like I didn't hear anything from either of you. It's because we got <laughs> drowned like rats. <laughs> but you got the books, so that is true. Um, I got The Shape of Sand by Marjorie Eccles. I don't know that one. It also has a very pretty cover. The tagline is, the answer to a 40-year-old mystery only brings more disturbing questions. I am in. Yep. Um, The other two I picked up are YA. Well, I I think technically this one's a children's book. The Miracle Girl by Andrew Rowe. I do not Um, know this one. It's about a girl who... Um, she like is basically in a coma, unable to move or speak. And then mm-hmm. one day this visitor comes to see her and 
she's miraculously healed. Was I say, oh, whispers that she murdered someone? No, she's <laughs> she is miraculously healed, and no one knows how or why. And then the final book I picked up is More Than This by Patrick Ness. This is a YA book. A boy named Seth drowns, desperate and alone in his final moments. But then he, when he wakes, he is naked, thirsty, starving, but alive. How is this possible? He remembers dying. How is he here? So he's going to figure out what's going on. How did he get here? All that good stuff. That sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> like to me, that that I mean, the book, not not the book, but like that situation seems terrifying. Yeah. No thanks. That's all of mine. What do you have for acquisitions? I've actually been a very good girl, and I have not acquired very many this month. Um, partly because I'm trying to be good. Number one, and number two, I have like four that I need to review, so I don't. I'm not trying to, you know. Um, I am 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 a moss girly. Uh, sorry, if that makes me a basic B. I don't care. I'm here for it. <laughs> so I absolutely purchased House of Flame and Shadow, and I absolutely read it within, like, started and completed it. But it came out on the thirtieth, and I was done. On the first. But yeah, you, it only took you a couple of days. Oh, I blew through this thing. Four stars. Four stars. And now I have to wait forever for the next <laughs> one. Like, I don't think she's written it. What in the Rebecca Yaros is she doing to me? <laughs> um, I won't go too into it because it is so new. Um, but four stars. I was dying laughing a few times at our gang of misfits in this book. Um, I was reading today the amount of people that like read these books and then like hated them, but like they kept reading them. And then they like, there was a girl on TikTok today that was talking about how much she hated Crescent city one, but she just kept reading them. So then she bashed three um, I feel like those people shouldn't be allowed to continue reading a series. <laughs> like you do understand that hate reading a series also provides money and and feedback to the author, right? Yeah, like just be like Bianca and read book one and be like, I don't like this ish, and you just don't go for it anymore. <laughs> like the whole time I was watching this TikTok, I was like, can you just be like Actually, also, I wanted to tell you this. I meant to tell you this at the top of the show. Jerry and I have decided, because we watch a lot of British television, um, like, we really like The Voice, but the UK one. And there, there has been several. There was a girl that tried out, uh, a couple girls that tried out, and their names are spelled just like yours. Bianca, right? Okay. No, you're no longer Bianca. I'm you're not. Bianca. Ew. No, I'm not. Uh-uh. You're Bianca. <laughs> No. They say it much different in, in England, just so you know, if you're in England, you, it's not said the same way at all. Well, that's um, also, if you remember the movie The Rescuers with the little white rat mouse yeah. thingies. Yeah. That's one of the, one of the characters is named Bianca, but another character calls her Bianca. And I'm like, eh, that's not how you yeah, pronounce That's how they say it. And if I remember correctly, he always says, the guy that always says that in The Rescuers is British. So that would make sense. 
But yeah, I was like, oh, I gotta tell her she got a new name. Uh, so yes, um, House of Flame and Shadow, I loved it. Uh, there's something in those books that are keeping them from quite being five stars for me, but I feel like four is a pretty nice rating. So there's that. I did acquire and read because you spoke so highly of it, The Heiress. Yes. And I wrote this down because I think I have another new quote from a book. I haven't given you guys a book quote in a while that I loved. Um, This one is from The Heiress. By Rachel Hawkins. Um, it was when she said, and I forget what character actually said this, but it, she says, a haunted house where the ghosts haven't had the courtesy to die yet. Yes. And I was like, <gasps> like I audioed <laughs> this one and I literally stopped it and re- rewound it and listened to it again and then rewound it and wrote this down. Like, I was like, that hit me as hard as there was another one I gave you guys from Tomorrow, Tomorrow, and Tomorrow about Ghost in Your Head. And I was like, these two together? Oh, my God. Like, I don't know. It just hit me. It hit me in all the places. Um, I gave it four stars. I'm glad you liked it. Um, I texted you because you didn't realize I'd finished it. But when I texted you and I was like, I, there's a few of the twists because it's a mystery thriller. So obviously yes. there's twists like that's given a few of them. I saw like, and I was like, ah, oh, okay. That, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I did not, I did not see like the final final. I was like, Oh, what? <laughs> but I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, And then I purchased and have started, so one of my all-time favorite, absolutely one-click by authors is Neil Gaiman. Okay. And so I bought the uh, Neil Gaiman's North Mythology. Oh, yeah. I remember when that came out. It's broke down into, like, different stories. So if you wanted to just, like, read one story, like the Apples of Immortality or the story of um, Garrett and, and Frey, like, you could do that. Um, I found it at the local bookstore that I actually posted a video on our TikTok about. Uh, well, as local to me as possible. It's the one that has the giant English section. And I was yeah. very pleased with the price on it. So I did actually purchase that. Um, and then I was gift. Well, not gifted. This was an ARC sent to me for a review. <coughs> oh, just a moment. Sorry, guys. Miranda's dying right now. Yeah, it went down the wrong way, as my grandma used to say. Wrong hole. Mimi and Granny, there's only one hole. No, there's not. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure every Southern grandma, everybody has a, oh, if you're from the South, you had a grandma that said, oh, it went down the wrong hole. And you're like, there's only one. <laughs> um, But so here is my quick review. I will write, I, I will write a longer one on Goodreads. So I... But on what's the book? You didn't say the book. No, I was about to. It's really long. The title's really (laughs) long. So it's Sleep and Sorcery, Enchanting Bedtime Stories, Rituals, and Spells. I will send you her name in chat because her name is Laurel Hostick Jones. Like, you know, abbreviations and stuff. 
Um, this is the book that I actually sent you a couple of like, not screenshots, so don't come at me, NetGalley. I didn't do anything wrong. But like I showed you snippets of like how the um, formatting was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That I was very frustrated about. So let me let me preface this by saying I actually really enjoyed this book. I had never read anything by this author before. Um, this will come out in August of this year. It's 220 pages. Um, it's considered nonfiction short stories. Um, which I think don't feel like is accurate because it's like myth and magic so some of this are they are myths like um so this apparently began as a podcast youtube channel featuring sleep stories inspired by folklore and fantasy told in second person and the stories welcome readers into magical and mythical worlds uh, green witch communes with spirit in their moon garden an ordinary child is initiated into the mysteries of um the goddess a sleeper meets the weaver of all dreams and so on and so forth. There's um, the work with mythological themes and the will of the year. So if that's not something that you're comfortable with, this is probably not the book for you. But the stories and the myths were fantastic. Um, the problem I had with the book, and I understand a lot of times when you get a book from that galley, they will tell you, or an advanced reader's copy in general, they will tell you that this might not be the original formatting of the book. And that is fine, especially since it doesn't even come out till August, right? However, I'm supposed to review it based on the version of the copy that I received. And for that, I have to give it three stars because while the stories themselves and the information that is actually informational part was fantastic the formatting was so horrible yeah you sent me a picture of it and it was almost it, it seriously removed me from the book multiple times um like you'll be reading and the story has like you'll be reading one of the stories right and you'll tap the screen because it's on Kindle. I'll tap the screen to go to the next page to continue the story and on the next page it's just a picture and it's not like a picture it's like a logo that should have been at like the top of the story at the start of it and I type again and then it takes me to finish the story but that story is halfway down the next page if that makes sense yeah sorry so, I had myself muted <laughs> no, no no it's fine so it is very improperly formatted I also don't know if this is something that will continue but it's where I showed you like it's not Comic Sans, but you know that thing that people used to do with Comic Sans where they would do an uppercase, lowercase, uppercase, lowercase, like being like cute. Yeah. Well, that happens a couple of times when it announces a new story or a new topic. And I didn't like that. <laughs> mm. So I read some of the other reviews to see if it was just me. And I don't know if maybe I got a bad copy. Like, I don't know if maybe when I told it, like, yes, I read on Kindle, send it to my Kindle. Because you can attest, you've you've gotten NetGalley books. You tell it, like, how you read. Yeah. And then it sends it to you in whatever form. So, like, you say Kindle or EPUB or whatever. And I don't know if maybe I just got a bad one. Um, but the stories themselves were fantastic. 
I thought they were very beautiful. I love fairy tales. I love mythical creatures and things like that. So if that's your cup of tea, then this is the book for you and you can pre-order it. It comes out in August. Let's all cross our fingers <laughs> that it is not formatted the way I was received as an ARC. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it was bad. It was real bad. And this is also one of those, because it kind of is short stories, you don't have to sit and read the whole book. Like, you can read one story. So, okay. <clears throat> I like that about it. Um, and then I was trying, and or initially I was trying to do a theme for this month, because you know sometimes I hyperfixate and I get themey. So, I got a compilation book. Um, it actually published in 2022 which makes people go huh it's Agatha Christie um but what they did is they took a bunch of stories and put them in one book um and it's titled A Deadly Affair and each one of them kind of has a romance theme to them so um it was good because I mean I like I like Agatha Christie so I already already knew what I was getting into kind of thing so, you know, four stars because some of them I'm beginning to realize because they're, they are just not aging well. Like, they're very enjoyable, but just not aging well. Um, I had forgotten she, Agatha Christie, from my understanding, was not racist or anything. But there's some of her books where she touches on racism um, and how people were treated. And, uh... I'm just realizing as a long lifelong fan that even when you're trying to bring light to that, sometimes it doesn't age well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's possible to be an ally and still have what you wrote, not age. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, but I was, I was originally trying to stick with a theme and I was like, Oh, I'll read this book for the podcast. And then I'll read this Agatha Christie. Cause I was very um, curious which ones they picked. Picked and what snippets they chose to go with when they said they had uh, romance themes to each of them. And there were actually a couple of short stories in there that I had never heard before. So that was kind of cool. So that's all I have. I've been okay. behaved. I behaved. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Listen, I just donated how many books? I don't, I'm trying real hard not to bring them back in here. <laughs> I'm well, curating guys, my European collection. If you want even more content from us, you can mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram or Bells with Books podcast over on Instagram. Same, um, on, same on the TikToks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in charge of the Instagram. Miranda's in charge of the TikTok. So... It happened accidentally, but yeah, yeah, it's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> we did not plan for that to happen, but that's just how it is. Meta point. screwed us. <laughs> um, so follow us on there. You can also follow me personally on Instagram at Style and Freak. Um, I'm the same on TikTok as well. You can also find us on Goodreads. Um, mm-hmm. I think my I think I'll go by my name on Goodreads. I could be mistaken though. But you can also find our group on Goodreads as well. We are the uh, Bells with Books podcast group. Done really bad at keeping up with it. I'm so sorry, guys, if anybody's talking over there. I promise to do better. I, I check it. Not much has happened. We've had a few posts where people respond to what I post, but 
no one no one's starting a conversation besides me. <laughs> but hey, I just do like post... at the top of the show, when I talk to myself, you talk to yourself now on Goodreads. Yeah. It's even. Um, but uh, every time we record, I update the group with what books we are talking about for the episode. So if you're part yeah. of the group, you get to know what we're talking about ahead of time. Fun fact. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, check out the Place to Be Nation feed. There's all kind of stuff going over there. And I will let Miranda talk about all that. Uh, yeah. So obviously we are one podcast on a feed with many a podcasts. I am part owner of the feed, so I'm very proud to be here and to have so many different talented voices on the feed, but there's literally something for everyone. We've got sports, we've got Disney movies, we've got um, cartoons, and, you know, they ha- we have a show that ranks, like, v- different things, different times, and there's a different, there's various guests each time, Um very fantastic. Everyone flows very well together. And I think there's literally something here for everyone. So check everything else out. Um, with the Place to Be Nation feed, we also have a Facebook group. Um, it's just called Place to Be, the Facebook group. And it is, I'm going to go ahead and, and say this that so that anybody doesn't get mad at me. Right now, there is a lot of um, wrestling conversation, but we also have tournaments. Like we did one, like the bre- best breakfast food. We've had um, Song of the 90s. I'm trying to think. Oh, we did a small one where we did um, Super Bowl like appetizers, like leading up to um, Super Bowl. I'm trying to think. But I would love for you guys, if you are a Bells with Books listener, to come join us over there because we would like the conversation to be about all of the various podcasts that we have on our feed um, and to bring a different perspective in there. So I think it would be fantastic to see you there for sure. Um, With that, I am also on TikTok and Instagram, which is where I'm comfortable with people following me. I am at Moms and Nerd on both. My handle is actually different on Instagram, but you can still find me by searching that. Please, uh, I want to I say thank you, by the way, um, to those of you that follow us on TikTok. We had a huge uptick in our followers, and that is fantastic. Yay! I know, I'm super excited. And I forgot to tell you, but the um, Fantasy Girls podcast, I think that's what it's called. Oh, my God, let me try to open TikTok without it, like, blaring at me real quick. Um. But there is a, another fantastic book-related um, TikTok, well, TikTok, eh, podcast. Um, the Fantasy Fangirls Podcast. They follow okay. us. Nice. They do. Hey, ladies. Guys. Yeah, hey, girls. I know they listen to us, but they follow us on the TikTok. They and they do some deep dives in the Mosh universe and the and the Yaros world. So. Check them out too. Thanks for following us, and thank you to everyone—not just them that follow us. I forget what number we're at, um, but we, like, I logged in the other day, and it was like, "You have a new follower. You have a new follower. You have a new follower." And I was like, "What?" So, thank you so much for following us there. Thank you for following me. Thank you for following Bianca. Um, normally, something we don't do is tell you what we're going to be reading the next month, but. I would love for you guys to participate in the discussion. Next month is my birth month. So I got to choose. Um, One of my five-star reads for 2023 was The Unfortunate Side Effects of Heartbreak and Magic by Brianne Randall. 
And so I have chosen that this is the book that I will reread again and Bianca will read for the first time. And we're gonna have a deep discussion. Plan for spoilers. So if you would like to read in advance so that you don't get spoiled and you can join along with us, please pick that book up and come back here. And we'll see you next month. And of course, always keep reading.